Greetings, namaste, and shalom. Everybody out there in dreamland, I am the beyond top secret Texan. Join me on my podcast, the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast, where I explore the outer limits of human abilities, top secret military technologies, the reality of extraterrestrial Earth alliances, secret space wars, advanced cryptozoology, and all subjects of theosophic truth, esotericism, and the occult. Beyond the Top Secret Texan Podcast. Greetings, namaste, and shalom. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. You are listening to Beyond the Top Secret Texan Podcast. I am your host, the Beyond the Top Secret Texan. Thank you all very, very much out there in Dreamland for tuning in once again. As I broadcast to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. This is another NICAP archive reading taken from their good cases file. NICAP being an extraordinarily legitimate and remarkably original analog and competitor and peer to MUFON as the leading in its own era, the leading UFO investigative committee. This is part of the RADCAT project, which is run jointly by NICAP and Project 1947. The help and cooperation of the original compiler of Radcat Martin Martin Show to create a comprehensive list of radar cases with detailed documentation from all previous catalogs, including UFO Cat and the original Radcat program. This case is known as the Security Option 5 Alert at NORAD, which occurred October 1975 at Cheyenne Mountain, Colorado. According to an informant I interviewed in 1983, the article, the report reads, there had been a major incident at NORAD HQ in Cheyenne Mountain, Colorado, which prompted a security option 5 alert and total lockdown at the mountain. We have proof that there were incidents at the time period that, to quote from released documents, prompted the implementations of a security option 3 at our northern tier bases since 27th of October. Sightings occurred at Loring Air Force Base, Maine, Wordsmith Air Force Base, New Hampshire, and then at Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana. Details report include... 
Currently, NORAD is the North National American Aerospace Command. The acronym NORAD has stayed the same throughout its existence, but what it represented has changed. Up until the March of 1981, it stood for North American Air Defense Command. At the time of this incident in 1975, NORAD was mentioned and also the Combat Operations Center based at Cheyenne Mountain, Colorado. The command post is located deep inside the mountain and supposedly can withstand a 10 megaton direct hit. UFOs raise quite a bit of havoc when sighted by military people and detected on radar near any sensitive military installation, but especially at Cheyenne Mountain. When bona fide UFOs violate airspace over NORAD's command post, there should be serious concern. In late October 1975, evidently there was enough concern to go into a Security Option 5 alert. According to our informant, nobody was allowed to enter the base except cleared high-ranking officers or cleared security patrols. No one was to leave the base. No one. Those personnel on base who had just completed duty were rolled out of bed. Jet interceptors were scrambled into the air. In fact, everything they put in the air during an attack on the U.S. was airborne. The men had worked the third shift of the duty at NORAD and came off about 8 in the morning. Everybody in the group of approximately 9 or 10 men went home, got their hunting and capping gear together, and met at the home of one of the guys. They then took off for one of their routine hunting trips, one of the things they liked to do together. One of the fellows who was supposed to go wound up on radar duty a circumstance that later proved valuable as evidence for what happened at the mountain that day. Another man in the group later became an airline pilot for United Airlines and a couple years later secured some information about an airline case that occurred the same evening as their alert in 1975. United had filed a UFO report with the Air Force to start off, my informant told me we weren't drunk. He said that they had been hunting all day and they had sat down and were eating a late dinner when a warm, cozy, or near a warm, cozy fire and were getting ready to turn in for the night. One of the guys thought he saw a shooting star. There appeared to be some unusual animal activity and noise for about 15 minutes. It was late, between 10 p.m. and midnight. One of the other fellows said, well, there's two of them, so they stopped, kindled the fire down, and eventually put it out completely. What they then saw were three distinctly different lights, not one object, but separate, moving to a point to where they blurred across the horizon, and then they would stop, move back in the opposite direction, and then move away from them to a point where they almost couldn't see them anymore. Then the lights would move again. We were thinking our eyes were playing tricks on us until they lined up almost abreast of each other and proceeded directly toward the mountain. Continues Mr. E, as I shall call him. Right after this, approximately six to eight minutes later, they heard the buzzers go off and the alarms ring and the mountain went on high alert. At this point, they themselves scrambled got their gear packed up quickly and headed for the mountain and their posts. 
They had been on leave 10 to 12 hours, but were still on call, attached to the security of the mountain, except for the future pilots. So they hustled back as their orders dictated. From the campsite to the mountain was a drive of about 45 minutes to an hour, and they drove there in a hurry, entering the gate at 0210 so, hours. But they showed their passes and were admitted only because they were given the uh, part of basic security. They were not given a chance to change clothes and were still in their hunting gear. They grabbed their weapons and went to their assigned posts and stayed on alert until 0600, when the alert was stepped down. Later, the fellow who had been on radar duty reported he had tracked UFOs for a good 20 minutes. Two or three days later, they were all together again and they asked him if they had tracked anything on his radar, and he said yes, he had. He reported that it was weird and proceeded to describe it to them word for word, what they had also seen visually. At first, it was very erratic. The movement of the first UFO was stated by Mr. E. Mr. E stated to me later that there appeared to be trails behind the objects at the time. The description sounds as if it would have been a persistence of vision, where a lighted object appears to leave a fading image behind it as it moves quickly across a dark background. A couple of days later, one of the group mentioned to someone that they hadn't seen some lighted objects right before the alert. Some of the men in the group started checking into their records as to the reason for the scramble and security alert and found that nothing had been filed. They then started asking around to see if they could find something, anything, to explain the occurrence at the base. It was then that the Air Force's UFO people showed up. Mr. E referred to the investigators as the Air Force UFO Division. Whatever they were called, they came and talked to us. They interviewed the group, who else at NORAD, one by one, and everybody's story matched. Even the radar operators were the uncorrelated targets moved and maneuvered for over 20 minutes. He filed a report with the Air Force investigators. He was told to ignore it and continue about his business, not to worry about it. The group was ordered at that time not to mention the incident. As long as we were in uniform, we were not to discuss it with anyone other than military personnel with an official need to know and the fellows from the Air Force investigating team that would come out to talk to us. They told the group that they had seen navigational lights or landing lights. Mr. E stated that his group had all been Vietnam veterans and were familiar with navigation lights. They had seen night fighters working, taking off, and landing many times. They were told by the investigators that their report could not be taken seriously since they couldn't describe a shape or color other than white like a shooting star. It would appear that the Air Force was very glad that is that all their men could report was such a vague description. We knew that nocturnal lights can be important evidence, especially in conjunction with other better quality reports and forensic evidence such as the radar signatures and returns. This is a radar case and has evidence to back it up. It is also strange that the men were asked not to relate their stories to anyone outside of the military. They were told the incident fell under a document which Mr. E. thought sounded like a document I was aware of, like Publication 6, Volume 5. 
I am aware of that, but I do not as yet have a copy. However, I am told that it is a service document. Communications, instructions for reporting vital intelligence sightings. And therefore falls under the Communications Act of 1934, with severe penalties or fines attached to its printing without permission. Also, Mr. E kept saying that they played it off like it wasn't anything. Yet a security option 5 alert is a very serious phase indeed. The overflight documents, the ones who were allowed to see that is, mention a security option 3 being exercised, with UFOs showing clear intent near a weapon storage area. When some of the group tried to check their records, they could find no evidence of a station 3 or option 3 alert. We couldn't find anything in the records that were available to us, said Mr. E. Now we didn't try to get into clearance areas, but the records that were available to us were primarily security records. Even the files of the radar man or the group were devoid of any mention of any alert. It appeared that all material related to the event had been pulled. Within about 60 days, everyone in the group received a written reprimand for drinking on duty which none of them had done. In fact, they weren't even on duty at the time of the sighting. The men were reportedly not abused or mistreated, nor were they any stripes pulled or demoted, and were any of the men passed over by their superiors for promotion later in their careers. They simply received a written reprimand, which came out of nowhere, dated the same day as the sightings, a copy of which was placed in their 201 file. The radar man who was still in the Air Force when I investigated this incident, according to my informant, received the letter mentioning drinking on duty and dereliction of duty. He was the only one who lost a promotion about six months later, simply because this was on his record. Comments. In the 1970s, UFO researchers, through FOIA, had obtained thousands of documents on UFOs. I had a file of over 400 pages myself. Some of them dealt with the Northern Tier Overflights in 1975 over Loring Air Force Base, Maine, Wordsmith Air Force Base, Michigan, and Plattsburgh Air Force Base, New York. In 1983, I was... Yeah, it goes on to say more editorial. But in 1983, during that show, an anonymous caller reported a very interesting report a somewhat sinister event that allegedly took place at NORAD, the North American Air Defense Command, at about the same type as those overflights. The moderator and I asked the man to contact me later to document what he had reported. According to the man, it was a full-scale security option 5 alert, and the UFOs and investigators from the Air Force UFO Division were part of the picture. It also obtained information about the codes used in the 25 pages of data I had in my personal possession on these overflights, and it is obvious that there is more that is being withheld. The pages we have on the overflights are incomplete reports, most of them the follow-up data, and have entire sections missing. The reams of pages to the actual reports and all the subsequent comments are still being withheld. The pages that we have represented only communication from computer to computer or operator to operator. In other words, the initial filing only. According to my source who served in the Air Force Security at NORAD, the documents merely say, I'm making a report. It's up to you to make your report, etc. 
This is an update based on the story from 1984. So that was the updated information, including everything from February 1984. So I guess new information was brought to their concern, or that's when it actually uh, was disclosed to them, was in 1984. And what she was saying is that the interview, or at least the whistleblower, um, the information was strictly from email to email, and those were her citations and sources, but also that they had been come into contact by kind of serendipitous reasons where he reported just in and talked about how this incident had unfolded in Cheyenne Mountain. Incredible report called The Case the Night NORAD Went on Top Alert, October 1975. Thank you all very much for listening to this UFO report from the archives of NICAP. I've been your host, the Beyond Top Secret Texan. You've listened to the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. Check out Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan, the only link you'll ever need to find all my social media. Uh, like, subscribe if you can. Tipping and uh, donating, uh, just a couple of bucks. It helps tremendously. It helps motivate me. It's really, really awesome for people who decide to do that. Just throw in buy coffee or whatever. You can find that on Cash App. All that link or buy some merch on the merch store link tree slash beyond top secret texan all one word lowercase only link you're going to need to find all my projects updated daily uh social media as well as uh video hosting sites like youtube uh library and odyssey uh, tiktok etc all those links are there for you to have at link tree slash beyond top secret texan all one word lowercase thank you all very much namaste and shalom you're the greatest audience out there in dreamland Thank you for listening to Beyond Top Secret Texts and speak about UFO disclo- UFO incidences as an effort of UFO disclosure. This has been the case NORAD went on top alert October 1975. Thank you very much. Peace out. <laughs>